Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome to the Lovely Travels Podcast. Is that our new intro? It's official. It's our new intro. <laughs> Is that why our intro didn't play at the start of this episode? No, jokes. You heard That's it. That's right. You heard it. Okay. <laughs> we can't fool you, dear listeners. Um, Emma, who's on yep. the show? What are you talking about? How do you know them? I'm asking all my questions in one go. 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 So I have Teresa Winters, who is a traveler, but also predominantly she identifies as an expat and she really is uh, an expat. She goes and lives in a place and gets to know it and really immerses herself in the city. So she's currently living in Sydney, but I met her in Melbourne and uh, she's also like me, a writer and uh was working for different publications at the time and that's how we got connected uh, through events and, yeah, and I just thought she is a most excellent talker and a very interesting person and that we should have her on. It sounds like a perfect podcast guest. She was. It was, um, I think we had a list of questions and we maybe started with the first one and then we just went off on a tangent. So, um, But she's from the US originally. Um, which you will hear very clearly. Um, which part of the US? She's from uh, Illinois, which is, and uh, so she loved listening to our episode with Cuzzy Bill. Does she know Cuzzy Bill? She doesn't know Cuzzy Bill, but she knows the area very well. Her dad used to be like, which we didn't cover on it, but he used to be like, I think like sort of council, like city council type stuff right. in the town, like two towns over from Cuzzy. So, if you huh. listen to episode 21, we talk about the area that Cuzzy's from and in our um, USA episode as well, we also talk about a little bit about where my Cuzzy's from. Well, she's from the same area and it's kind of nice. mind-blowing because it's like it's like small town in the Midwest. And she's like, right. what? How do you know this? And I'm like, <laughs> how are you from there? And I've known you for like seven years and I didn't know that. And how have we both not at some point both been there put up photos and stuff and the other one hasn't seen them and gone, hey, I recognise that. So it is a very small world and as we talked about, I think a little bit on the podcast but we'll just mention here, she was recently on another podcast which is hosted by our high school friend. Ah, I remember hearing about this. Yes. Stay tuned, everyone. There may be something big in the future. Ooh, podcast inception. Podception. It's happening. Maybe. We'll see. 
<laughs> well, we talk a lot, so we better jump in and have a listen. Okay, looking forward to it. Go. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, and I'm very excited today to have our guest, Teresa. Hello, hello. So, uh, I always start, even though we've talked about you before, but I like to ask, who are you? The existential question. Tell us a bit about you in your own words. And if you can remember how we know each other. That is a good story. So, well, maybe I'll say a little bit about how I got to the point of meeting you. Yes. So you can tell by my accent that I'm American. And if you're really good at American accents, you can probably tell that I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> I often have people who are like, oh, how long have you been in Australia? Do you have an Australian phone number yet? Yes, I do. I actually have an Aussie passport. Yes. So I've been done in this part of the world for 12 years now. Wow. Exactly 12 years. So I'm originally from a farm near a town of 200 people, about two and a half hours away from Chicago. And I think we might talk a little bit more about that part of the world later. Yes. I've also lived in Wales, London, Wellington, and the past 10 years in Australia, six years in Melbourne, and four years in Sydney. Wow. So one of my hobbies is living in English-speaking countries. (laughs) (laughs) Just like no foreign places, please, just where I speak the language. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I need Canada and Ireland and, um, you know... South Africa. (laughs) You've almost, yeah, pretty much covered them all. (laughs) Yeah. And we met when I was living in Melbourne for you. And I was writing for Time Out Melbourne magazine. And I think it was something to do, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was some event that was happening and you were doing the PR for it. And I'd reached out over email. Yeah, and then my most vivid memories, uh, you were holding like a scarf dinner, the scarf dinners or yes. something? Yes. And I came along to that, to one of those. So Exactly. So I was really involved with a sadly now defunct website community called Eat With Me, where people could put up events and total strangers could come along and join in either at somebody's house or at a restaurant. And there was this well, it's still around this very cool organization called SCARF that teaches refugees and um, marginalized people hospitality skills. And they get mentored by restaurants and then people can come and have a lovely dinner and they get to to be the wait staff and show off their skills. So, yeah. I love that. That's our origin story. Well, I've, I've now been to... Um a few places like that overseas, but that was my first experience of it. And I just think it's such a good program. Uh, I've been to like some in Cambodia and Vietnam where, yeah, it's either um, street kids or underprivileged or, you know, multiple reasons, but they come, I mean, not always kids either. People maybe have had a rough start and homeless for a while or something like that. And yeah, they just, you know, and you go there kind of knowing that you just need to have a bit of patience, but they've they've always been wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I love that just the profits of the restaurant and they usually sell some cool stuff and it goes back into um, the training and, and yeah. yeah. So if you're going to do something, you might as well do good at the same time. Absolutely. It's an easy way. 
So you answered about three of my questions in one. So you're living in Sydney. You're originally mm-hmm. from the States. And it is amazing, actually, you've held on to your accent. But it, it always wigs me out when Americans pronounce Melbourne properly. Like I'm just waiting yes. for the Melbourne. Melbourne. Well, I... I have gotten a lot of flack over the years from friends and family when I go back home and I say, you know, I was living in Melbourne and they say, no, no, it's Melbourne. And I'm like, that's in Florida. I mean, I think, I think I know how to pronounce the city in which I live. Yeah. And I, say <laughs> but I do say things. Yeah. I, it, it's weird with the, the American accent. Like I, I say the Yara Valley. I don't say Yara. 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 Uh, it just doesn't work in my <laughs> accent. So, well, to be so fair, there's places in Australia that we try to pronounce ourselves, and um, they're pretty. I mean, places like near me, like Mullumbimby, you read that on a sign, and oh my god, I feel sorry for oh. people. Well, and poor Americans. I mean, we don't know how to pronounce any of the Aboriginal names. <laughs> I thought it was Bondi Beach <laughs> and uh, Wulu Mulu. Wulu Why not? Why not? Why do you say it the other way? Uh, but then people get really funny. Like we've got a place up here called, um, well, it's this still a debate. It's Gavin or Gavin. And yeah. it's like, they're like, well, no, because it's got an E in it. So it's Gavin. And I was like, but you don't Gavin somebody something. It's Gavin. But they're like, no, but it doesn't have an I in it. And I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Well, you we- have to wait to hear it from a local before you. Yeah. And yeah. even locals, I mean, there's a famous city in southern Illinois it's like the Egyptian city pronounced Cairo Cairo Illinois not Cairo it's Cairo okay how dare I how dare we uh well one of my favorite pronunciations or tellings of that is you know Aj Barker the comedian Mm -hmm. he does you know he's talking about Melbourne and he goes, see, yes, I can pronounce it. I know how to say Melbourne. It's in Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, (laughs) Um, it's Victoria for those people who don't know it. (laughs) Just clear that up. But anyway, um, so you, yeah, you were involved in it with me and Mm -hmm. you just seem to like, you know, we've known each other now probably like eight years or something. I just feel like, there's always something cool you're involved in or starting up or whatever. And I find it very hard to keep track of you as people find with (laughs) me as well. (laughs) But what cool things are you doing at the moment? Like what is, what is work and what is your involvement with other things? Yeah. Well, I have a full-time job. I'm (laughs) a community manager at a co-working space called Hub Australia So I basically get paid to make sure everyone at the space is happy and their businesses are growing. And I put on tons of events, um, usually even more when there's not a global pandemic. So that's the full-time nine to five. Outside of work, I'm the co-founder of a media company called The Plus Ones. Yes. So we write about cool events and experiences all over the world, but primarily in Melbourne and Sydney. I am a professional hair braiding instructor. I don't know if you know that. I did not, and I should get onto it because I am rubbish. Uh, Her hair would look great braided. It does. I go to my friend. She lives about 20 minutes away. I'm like, can you come and 
braid my hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started I started braiding when I lived in Melbourne. I got involved in this group called Laneway Learning. So they do classes for grown-ups on anything and everything taught by people in the community. So you don't need to be a you know professional or have a background in something. So started teaching hair braiding and a bunch of sort of craft things like cross stitch and other little crafty stuff. When I moved to Sydney, that stopped. But one of the benefits this year, the silver lining of COVID is that everything is now done online. Yeah. So I can teach again. So I'm now teaching with Lane My Learning um, Introduction to Historical Linguistics. <laughs> I have a minor in linguistics. So yeah, it's just... I, I don't know. I like to do stuff. You do. Um, And what else? Oh, and then the other, I would say, like, pretty most cool thing that I do is I am the dean of the Awesome Foundation here in Sydney. I loved this. So that's what, that's what made me get you on the podcast. Not that you weren't already somebody who was kind of in my mind about, I associate you with travel because you're so involved in events and, and you fully embrace the places where you live and, and really bring the community together. But then you were on my friend Jai's podcast, uh, talking about the awesome foundation. And I was like, well, it's as it says, it's awesome. And I was like, okay, you have to come on here as well. So tell me, or tell us how, what that is. Yeah, so the Awesome Foundation is a micro-giving platform. It's all over the world. It's been around for 10 years, started in Boston, and I head up the Sydney chapter. There's, I think, six or seven across Australia now. So how it works is once a month, we give $1,000 to a project that's making the city more awesome. So we have 10 trustees. Jai is one of them. Check out his podcast, plug, maker and creator. Yes, it's very cool. Jai is one of our 10 trustees. So each of the 10 trustees puts in $100 of their own money. We pool it together. And we're, we're not a charity. We're not a not-for-profit. We're just a micro-giving uh, association. So I'm literally just transferring the money to whoever is the winner that month. We have really robust discussions over who whose project is the awesomest, and it's a lot of fun. What I think sort of sets the Awesome Foundation apart is it's really easy to apply. Mm. It's only five questions. Cool. So it's not, and like one of them is, what is your name? <laughs> oh, God. It, oh, God, I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. It's not a very onerous uh, process, and that is on purpose. The whole point is to capture things that they're never going to get a grant from the city of Sydney or the city of Melbourne because it's it's small and it's one-off. So we're able to go in and swoop in and, and give money to little grassroots organizations or people who just have one thing that they want to do. And we're like, yes, just do it. Awesome. I can't help it. Awesome. It's very cool. And I'm, I'm a big fan of micro giving and, um, I, I, um, I'm on Kiva, which is, yeah. So that's giving to people in generally third world countries, but, you know, actually seeing it go to the person and, you know, like similar concept, 10 people give a hundred dollars, they get a thousand dollar investment. 
the difference being though that with Kiva they have to pay the loan. It's a loan and they pay it back. So that's microfinance mm-hmm. as opposed to you guys are just giving them and setting them on their merry way, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's love. That's awesome. I actually have a few people who I'm like, oh, I'm going to go tell them that um, because I, could, I know they could use it. But, oh, that's so lovely. I mean, were you just like that in – I'm assuming you went to college. Um, <laughs> was yeah, you I in went, college? Were you like in every club and in pretty the, much? Um, <laughs> I mean, look, I am an extrovert, and a couple of my friends call me an energy vampire. Um, <laughs> I, I suck energy <laughs> out of introverts. <laughs> Give me your energy. No, you're amazing, and like you remind me of myself, like in um high school. I, you know, they had to fill in what did you do during high school? Like what clubs and stuff were you in? And my friend was next to me and she had like three or four things. I had to ask for a second page. She was like, God damn you. Like, (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, there's a few more. Like, can I have another page? (laughs) But it's like, why not? Definitely been friends in high school. Well, most people don't continue though after high school and college because it is hard to be, to give your time to be involved in things. So do you do it? I mean, I know that you love it, but do you th- feel like you do it as well to get involved in the cities and the places that you're living in? Yeah. I mean, my, my whole thing is I've, I've never been a backpacker. I've always been an expat and there's a subtle distinction. And of course we can talk about, you know, what's an expat, what's a tourist, what's a traveler, what's a backpacker. But for me, even when I was on my working holiday visas, I, I wanted to move somewhere and get to know the city. So yep. I moved to Wellington, what was supposed to be a year, turned into two years. And my my whole goal kind of was to get invited to a birthday party. <laughs> because for me, that meant that I had developed enough of a friendship group that I knew people and they would invite me to their birthday parties. So that was sort of a signifier of, um, you know, I've made it. I've I've made these networks. So I've never been a very transient person. I am not one of these people that can actually travel very long. I've learned this over the years and and to not judge myself for it. And hey, this is me. This is what I do. And when I look at friends, like shout out to my friend Rukmal, who spent two years going all the way around the world. (sighs) My limit is really about six weeks. And... I, I just can't, the, the enjoyment, um, it goes up and then it plateaus and then it hits six weeks and all I want to do is just go back home. So that's fine. But that said, I'm very, very, very good at being an expat. So minimal homesickness bouts. Um, I do really work really hard at creating communities or getting involved into other existing communities wherever I move. So it's a different style. I love it though. And it's funny because when I named this episode, I was like, it just, I just called you an expat, like definitely referencing the fact that you live in Australia now and you're from the US, but you really do embody that expat of um, kind of criteria of really, yes, living in a place, really getting involved, um, 
making a community because that's part of it too is um and I found that in Melbourne I did that I remember having a birthday party and basically (laughs) there was one person who was a Melbourneian everyone else was from like Ireland or from Sydney or from like I don't know somewhere else or you know Mm -hmm. it was very random eclectic group of people because generally when you move to a new place you feel like the other people feel the same way you do and you're like mm-hmm. you're all little city orphans and yes. so you kind of do have that uh people you sort of gravitate towards the the, the foreigners or the outsiders or or people from Perth <laughs> do you <laughs> all of my Aussie friends in Melbourne ended up being from Perth for some reason which oh, is how funny you know, it's a different country in certain ways But I found in Melbourne different to Sydney. Like Melbourne was awesome for business, for the small community, like business scene. I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody told me the difference between Sydney and Melbourne. They said in Melbourne, uh, in Sydney, you ask where are you from, because um, a lot of people are transient. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Melbourne, they say, "What school did you go to?" Ah. And so. Uh, I was lucky because I had Melbourne friends before I went, but they mm-hmm. people um, and I don't know how you felt about it, but found that sometimes Mel- like people who've been in Melbourne a long time, they're very clicky in their school groups, and that's sort oh, of- I I've certainly found that everywhere in Australia. Oh, really? Um, I I think one of the nice things in a way of having an accent means that no one ever can ask me that question. That's <laughs> That's benefited me in, in the UK as well, um, both times I lived there, where you're so much of an outsider that they can't pigeonhole you, which then allows you to then be friends with different friend groups. So I remember there was one moment where I was like, oh, I should invite this friend and this friend because I'm going to be in London. And then realizing that they they probably didn't have enough in common to get along. Um, so I had friends who are legit part of the aristocracy and you know grandmother is a baroness and then friends who had never left Wales before yeah and you know there's this vast gulf that I was able to go in and because you know I'm I'm this uh, farm girl from Illinois well where do you put her (laughs) we'll take her (laughs) well and speaking of I wanted to talk about our northern Illinois connection Yes, my cousin. Because what's cool, you posted um, an article that where you had been featured in a local publication, or was it even your school? And it was Hananiga. Yes, Hananiga High School. It was. I was featured. They did a series of people living overseas um, in the Rockford Register Star newspaper. Yeah, and I saw this. Did I say it right? This high school. Yes. Yes. So. and I had just uh, been in September and it happened to be at homecoming time. So I had been to the homecoming parade. And when you wrote, oh, wow, to talk about my high school and stuff like that, I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, how did we not know this about, like, surely you've posted at some point about visiting home. Surely I've been there at some point. But stupid Facebook, you know, it doesn't show everything so it's just exactly. happened to see this article I'm like oh my god you you 100% know people I know like yeah so for for our listeners <laughs> I mean to to Hananiga High School no, no, no one's heard of it this is in northern Illinois just south of the Wisconsin border the town it's in Rockton is about 10,000 people 
So it's not somewhere that anybody would be going to for any reason, unless you know somewhere. Unless you know someone. I've been to, I love going to the Legion. My friend Dougie's like a member of the Legion. So we go down on Tuesday oh uh, for Margarita Night. <laughs> And we hang out with one of my favorite people I love catching up with is Andy, who's been on the TV station for like 23 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I I know the local weatherman. I know the um, – And you've been and on the news. I've been on the news. <laughs> so they just call, – I called – I don't know why. We bumped into each other. And then he's like, oh, I'm doing something on – this charity thing, you guys should come down at Love's Park. So come down to Love's Park, which is like His other people's I'm, What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So it's just this big kind of Walmart-y thing um, and they were doing like a charity. And I was like, I'll get you on and we'll talk about the weather. <laughs> so I'm just on the – my cousin's like, well, you just come over from Australia and you just do this. And I'm like, I don't know. He knows everybody, my cousin. So – People who might have listened, I'm gonna all gonna rack my brains. I think it's episode 21, uh, where I had Cousy my Bill. with Cuzzy Bill. So I loved that episode. <laughs> and so he's from Monroe, Wisconsin, which is not a beautiful so far. town. Yeah, and uh, and then has lived all around, but ended up back in um, Roscoe, Illinois. So like 10 minutes from Rockton, 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same high school school district. So the town I grew up in, Sherland, town of 200 people. I went to um, a couple of different schools and then Sherland and then in high school, I'm on the western side of the school district with my little town and 200 people. And then it went all the way over to Roscoe where a lot of my good friends uh, ended up being from. And that was the, you know, big, big town of, I don't know how many people, like 15,000 people. So it's such a beautiful part of the world. And, um, you know, for me, it's like that all American type thing. So that when you've watched those movies, like I, I love it when I go to the States for me, it's just like everything's from a movie, but it's like that what everyday life would be like you know, and the houses around Monroe, I love them, the big wooden, like they look like the, I just want to say like the witch houses, like not in a bad way. And there's like the big porches and the pointy roofs. And um, and I grew up in the classic white farmhouse. And then the house that my grand, so my family's been in the Sherland area since the 1950s. So my grandparents bought a limestone home built in the 1860s oh wow so there's a lot of those in in the area as well uh dotted around well and I love driving to Wisconsin because you get those big the barns like the big barns the big wheat stack things I don't even know I mean I'm not from I don't yeah maybe not so much wheat but yeah um hay (laughs) hay yeah (laughs) lots of hay but like yeah red red barn with a big hay it's just gorgeous Wisconsin is my favorite state uh I know that's a controversial thing to say because I'm from Illinois, but I do. I, I grew up um, driving through Wisconsin because my family owns a cabin on a lake in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Oh wow! So for people who don't know, Michigan is in two parts. So there's the mitten. So if you ever meet somebody from Michigan and you ask them where they're from, they put up their hand in a mitten shape and then point with their other hand. But there's another part of Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, that's above Wisconsin. And most people don't even don't even know it's there. Even people from Illinois, when you say I'm going to the Upper Peninsula, they're like, where? So 
through random encounters. My my grandpa's sister married a Uper. That's what they're called. They're from the UP, called Upers, Y-O-O-P-E-R. So I grew up every summer driving the entire length of Wisconsin. Oh. Back. So I have, you know, a lot. And, and also just traveling through the Midwest, I think, is totally underrated. People look down on flyover country, but it's actually really beautiful. There's good food, beautiful scenery. I, I'm a oh. huge proponent of traveling around the middle. And the supper clubs of Wisconsin is such an institution. Next time you go, either mom and dad, first thing we're doing is going to a supper club. And it's like, it was cool last time I was there because they actually had a show on TV about the history of the supper club. And um, I mean, there were time, I think they came out of prohibition after that time. And then they, you know, they were just a place because um, there were like strict alcohol laws. So it's like you had to have a meal with your drinks and, but it just became this institution and like the kind of this real set menu type thing. And there's like a set drink. Yes. Um, I want to go have like a, a grasshopper. The grasshopper, which is um, an ice cream blended cocktail. So it's gr- bright green. It's got yeah, creme de creme Creme de Mons. Creme de Some of them, yeah, if you went, a good one is uh, Benedetti's on a Friday. They do their fish fry. And then after your fish fry, you have your big grasshopper. <laughs> and the drink you got to have is brandy old-fashioned sweet. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's the drink. Sounds like a dessert. <laughs> yeah, so you have that to start and cause a little cherry in it. And then you have, you always have your, like, starter. And then you have your, like, salad or your bar, I mean, it's American food, you know, bread yeah. on the table. So you're bread usually rolls. stuffed by yeah. the time you get your ma- your entree, which is your main. <laughs> it's very confusing for us. And then, and then. And likewise, it's confusing for Americans coming over here. You're like, what? An entree? Yeah. Where's the, where's this the rest is tiny. of the meal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it's it's quite an experience, and it's it's uh, it's lovely. And then obviously you've got to have cheese when you're in Wisconsin. Well, and this is one of my favorite things about traveling. So the countries that I've been to have primarily been to visit people. Mm. So I've been to Switzerland because I have a Swiss friend, and I've been to Sweden because I have a Swedish friend. And I think there's something so special about going and staying with a family, even if you're not in the traditionally cool place to go. So my first time going to France, I I always tell this to French people and they always go, what? You went to Angers? Because it's not a city that anyone in their right mind would pick as their first experience in France. They of course would assume that I would go to Paris first. Yeah. I went and stayed for a week. This is when I was studying abroad in Wales. When I was 20, I had a French housemate and got invited to go and visit her family for a week. And they treated me so well. And I, I just got to sort of experience what life was like for them with the added bonus of them showcasing their country to me. Yeah. And if any of the listeners have a chance and you have a friend who is living somewhere, like I went to Japan because I had a Swiss friend 
living in Tokyo. So I'm like, free place to stay. And the same time, same reason I went to South Korea the first time an Englishman was teaching English there. So, you know, I will go, I will go wherever people are. My God, I have a friend, the same person. (laughs) I have a friend in Taiwan and she's been there for three years. And I'm like, you bitch, you better stay. I haven't gone and visited her yet. So... Yeah, you always kick yourself. I mean, my friend didn't live there, but she was um, doing a job on one of the Antarctic cruises. So she was, she's a photographer, very doing super well. She's like a Canon um, ambassador now. So she's, she's doing well, but she was teaching people how to take photos on the boats and she got like, she could get three discounts a season. And like, so usually those cruises are like 10 grand. She could get them for like five grand. Wow. I mean, which still sounds like a lot, but you know, Antarctica is pretty hard to get to. (laughs) And I just, I kick myself all the time, but I was about 24 or something. And at that time, five grand was a lot of money. Whereas now I wouldn't even blink and I would just be like, I'm on the next plane. So yeah, definitely. If somebody's staying somewhere cool or doing something cool, you know, like I was living in Mexico and my brother was in the States and Millie didn't come to, Mex- to Mexico. And I was like, your sister oh is living in Mexico for a semester. Yeah. You're an hour, two hour flight away. <laughs> like Mexico. Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I had a European friend. He decided to um, study French by not going to France, but by going um, to Montreal. <laughs> and I was like, okay, see you there. Like, yeah. I love it. You're I close. love it. And your list is kind of, like I said, with the same person, like my dad says to people, don't tell Emma to come visit or like, don't say, oh yeah, you should come by sometime. Cause she will come. Yes. Like I'm talking like Bahrain, <laughs> Indonesia, <laughs> you know, I'll be in Malaysia for a day. I'll call somebody I know there and be like, can you come pick me up from the airport and go and have food together? Like oh. I will turn up on your doorstep and why the hell not? Because it, absolutely, I have the same advice to people. If you've got someone and to see a country through a local's eyes, mm-hmm. um, and that was so important to me to take my now husband to where Kazi is from, you know, to yeah. take him to Illinois, Wisconsin area while he's with us because yes. that's so special while we know all those people and to have a Thanksgiving. We did like the tree cutting. We did Love all it. Well, yeah, we and went you, to were, the games. You, you mentioned that you cut a Christmas tree. That wasn't William's Christmas tree farm, was oh, it? Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew it. So old family friends and uh, the one of them was in Boy Scouts with my dad. The other one was like a troop leader and my brother was in Boy Scouts. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a beautiful place. Highly recommend it. And it's, I'm glad you remember the name because I would have had to look it up. But oh, yeah. it was so William's Christmas tree yep. farm. Yep. A beautiful um, <laughs> horse-drawn carts. There's animals. There's a freaking yes. camel there. I don't know. Oh, they, had wow. a, they had an emu and a wallaby. Okay, that's that's new. That's they didn't have that in the eighties when uh, that I was like my puppies there. Our dog had puppies, and they let us um, bring the litter. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that was such a. It's not something we would have here, or you know. I think we have yeah. Christmas tree places but not where you go and and it's beautiful they take care of them they're continually growing them and replanting them and I I had a friend sort of similar situation to you where I I invited him to go to my family's pig roast (laughs) so my mom's family is from central Illinois Champaign-Urbana 
where the university is. And we have a, a centennial farm. So I know I mentioned farms a lot, but, but all four sides, all four grandparents are from farms in Illinois. That's so awesome. super, super, super farmer, uh, farm family. So it's been in the family for over a hundred years, which is a pretty big deal. And we were going to have this huge pig roast. And I mentioned to him, Hey, you should come. So this is an Aussie guy living in China at the time. And about a month later, he was like messaging me, Hey, bought my flights to Chicago. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, for the pig roast, you invited me. I was like, oh, I did. <laughs> like, you know, that sort of American throwaway comment, everyone's welcome, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, okay, fine, he's coming, great. Like, let's turn this into a thing. And some of my family members were like, what? Why is there a random Australian coming, like, coming to our family reunion? And I was like, okay, look at it this way. He gets to go to Chicago one of the best cities in the country. Yeah. Then gets to go to the the family cabin on a lake. And then he gets to go experience a Midwestern pig roast. You cannot buy these experiences. No. You cannot pay someone to take you on a tour to do this. And of course, he was a huge hit. He was arm wrestling my uncle at one in the morning. And everyone loved him. Americans love Australians. Like, come on. Oh, 100%. And to be fair, I think I think it's a very Australian thing too to accept the invitation like that and to just be like, sure, let's do it. What are we doing today? Yeah. Like, you know, I go to random places sometimes, and yes, there's just an Australian there, another Australian there, and you're like, same situation, right? You know, <laughs> they said calm. I said okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, nice to see you. Um, but I, I looking at your list, you're awesome. You, again, similar, same person. Uh, have sent me your list of countries. Fun, fun fact: Scotland is my number six too. Um, there we go. But I also noticed, yeah, you've got a, you kind of got that little bit of eclecticness uh, like me as well, where there's not, there's, there's definitely a patch here where you've done more of Europe, but. Mm-hmm you know, there's a lot of jumping around as well. So I'm going to read through it for the listeners because it's a bit of fun. And this is starting, well, you're from the USA, but your first trip was to Canada in 1995 and it spans to Thailand in 2019. So I'm just going to rattle them off. We have USA, Canada, Brazil, England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, France, Italy, the Vatican City, Switzerland, Austria, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Hungary, Croatia, Slovenia, Mexico, Japan, South Korea, China, New Zealand, Australia, Samoa, Vanuatu, Singapore, Malaysia, Brunei, Indonesia, Germany, Poland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Spain, Hong Kong, Puerto Rico, Sweden, Estonia, Liechtenstein, and Thailand. (laughs) That's a lot. Also, for some listeners, I am fully aware that Puerto Rico is technically not a country. Same with Wales. So same with Hong Kong. I mean, look, look. Exactly. I have two. I have like four lists. So I have, but predominantly, I have my country list. I've been to sixty-four, and then I have my UN list, which is fifty-seven. Because yes, unfortunately, Hong Kong, despite the fact that I feel it is a country, yeah, is not. Uh, Wales is the United Kingdom. Scotland, United Kingdom. I just, you know, 
wanted to get my number kind of <laughs> my my cousin did at one point you know talking about well what is the country he thinks it's anyone who has a contestant in the miss universe budget so there okay. you go. we all we all have different criteria The UN, um, there's the, yeah, you, the, I have not gone off the Miss World pageants, but anyway, um, the Olympics, that's another way to, people do the Olympics. Um, sure. But, yeah, there's, there's actually like, t- the, it fluctuates so much because new countries come and countries go away or yeah, change their names. So 235 to 240 is around the mark. Wow. And you are getting there. Getting there. My goal is the UN list. So, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see if I, I would be over 200 if I get to the UN list. Cause I've got about seven that are not on the UN. That's list. amazing. So but Liechtenstein me- and Luxembourg are really on my next trip. Cause I oh, yeah. like, you can do them like a day, right? You can drive yeah. in a few hours. Absolutely. I mean, for me, look, some of these countries I wasn't in very long. Um, my thing is I feel like you have to set foot on on the soil. So I'm not going to count a country that, um, yeah, I didn't actually stand in, but one of my favorites was um, when I went to Poland. Yeah. That was not very long. I was only there for about an hour, but in a very cool way. So even Polish people that I tell this to are like, what? It's on an Island in the Baltic sea. Two thirds of the Island is Germany. One third is Poland. Okay. So we were in the German part, my German partner and I, and he's like, yeah, you want to go to Poland? <laughs> Let's just drive to the other side of the island. <laughs> so yeah, you tell this to Polish people and sometimes you have to literally get out a map and show them. Yeah. Like, did you know your country's over there as well? Yeah. Well, and in Russia, there's a part of Russia that was, it's on, on the Baltic Sea. Yeah. Kaliningrad. Yeah. So yeah. it's all these weird World War II holdovers where you're like, what? Who decided that? <laughs> Some weird treaty. But the same in, so. I mean, it depends how you want to categorize it, but like, you know, I've been to like St. Thomas and St. Martin and the St. Martin is half French and half Dutch. So you literally, you land, you port, like we were on a cruise. So you pull into port in the Dutch side and then you go over the car into the French side. Oh, I mean, it's fine. tiny, um, but yeah. If you wanted to, you could be like, well, I've been to their colonies, but I had been to both. Yeah. Well, I did this when I was skiing in Austria. We didn't realize till we got there that the uh, ski slopes uh, were on the border of Austria and Switzerland. So we took the gondola up and then skied down into Switzerland. I love it. Back back up to Austria. I I love, I love that, especially coming from a huge country where, you can't really do that. No, very it's often. the same for. I mean, we're in an island, so it's it just blows my mind can't all the time. Like I was in a, I was in Germany. We could see the Alps from my friend's house, and you know, again, the benefit of staying with a friend. And they're like, "So we didn't know what you wanted to do today. Um, we just thought maybe we'd go for a hike, so we just drive to Austria and go for a hike." And I was like, "So an hour later, we're up in the Alps. There's like a wooden oh cabin. There's a cowbell going in the distance I'm like I'm freaking Heidi over here like it's like the best and I was like to make me happy is so easy it was just like yes. again I'm like it's a movie it's a movie yeah I'm in a movie, I'm in a movie. <laughs> well my my thing I I do try and go to new countries as much as I can but my other thing is 
continents. So I personally, I'm not a huge Antarctic person. That's not a goal for me, but to go to all of the inhabitable continents, I only have Africa left and I have been saving up money for a couple of years because I'm hoping to do an African safari, which are the not goal was to go <laughs> next year. We'll see what happens. Might be pushed back, but that was one of the little um, sort of you'd asked at some point um, prior to this to give some travel tips. Yes, in your please. list of things that we be covered. And one of my big travel tips is to open miniature bank accounts, little okay. tiny little bank accounts for all of your travel stuff. I love to just put $100 in every month and watch watch it grow. And it's specifically earmarked for a trip. Yeah. So right now I have one for my Africa trip. I have one to go over to New Zealand. I have one for hopefully going to a friend's wedding in Colombia. So I don't like all the money to slosh around together. I know that I could get more interest that way, but <laughs> we're talking pennies. I mean, the interest rates are not good. So no. it's not like I'm really missing out on that much. And for me, it's just a mental thing of I am working towards this goal. And it doesn't have to be that much. It can be, well, look, I've been saving uh, for Burning Man. I put 20 bucks in, 20 bucks a month. Now that is never going to get me to Burning Man. But yeah. mentally it's, yeah. Hey, I have a nest, a nest egg so that when I decide to ramp up the savings for it, when I actually decide what year I want to do it, then the money's already there. I love it. I love it. That's, that's a great tip because it's like the old, it's like the, the virtual piggy bank. So people still like to have their travel fund. I don't have cash, so it's redundant, but you know, even um, having, you know, putting your $1 as away and your $2. Mm-hmm. I remember we did that actually for a trip to America when I was nine. Nice. Um, and we had a big tin and, um, yeah, when we opened it, it was like $400 or something. And wow. that was spending money for the family, you know, and exactly. it was so nice. Every time you walk past the tin, if you had coins, you put it in the tin. And, you know, I think it was predominantly my, our parents and, and my godfather. I think he funded funded about half that trip. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it was, it, it was nice. So, yeah, a virtual piggy bank. I love it. Yes. And yes. having something to look forward to. And even now I think that that is such a nice thing to have, in this, especially in this time where it feels like it might be a little way away. Yeah. Well, for me, I just I haven't ever stopped saving and it – just for me means I'll have more money once I can finally do it. I love it. Now we could talk forever. So I'm going to let you go. Um, this has been amazing. We'll put all your links and things because there's going to be lots of links, <laughs> but connect with <laughs> Teresa. Like, um, if you need to know somebody in Sydney, she is the person to know because she goes to the coolest events. I like, I'm just like, what, what is that? <laughs> you know, like it's just, <laughs> and I love the, your openness to it. You're just like, cool. I'm yeah. I'm going to learn how to braid or I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to cook this thing today or I'm going to dress up in, you dress up in like, um, what's what's the dress up thing you do? I do all kinds of stuff. I did a DIY drag queen makeup class and (laughs) there's, why not? I love it. That's the attitude. Why not? And the coolest thing though, is you're doing it still in your city. So you have these experiences when you travel, but that I love that. Um, and something I wanted to get across on the podcast too is that it's like, yes, I'm a, I am a traveler. If we go back to those definitions, I'm always going here, there, and everywhere. But I also look at my hometown 
with that traveler mindset of I can try something. We can try a new restaurant. You can Mm -hmm. meet a new person. You can go to a different beach today or, you know, travel in your own city. Yeah. It's, there's so much. And especially in a city like Sydney, there's always something to explore. Exactly. You are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great talking. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So That's tune in right. next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.